run. Here they come, they got to blast on us. The black nerds, blitz are rush. I'll turn that podcast up. Friends from the UK with something to say, just talking about everything. From the wonderful nerding world, the reviews they bring. These brilliant blurs give you the word. All the latest movies, animes, video games, and TV series. Call your friends who don't know and tell them what they're missing. Then sit back and relax and listen to I'm Nana. I'm Big T. I'm Martin. Stevie. And welcome to episode 252 of Blurds Are Us. As always, scheduling is a bit crazy right now, so we just finally got a little Tuesday night where we can get together for a quick hour and uh, give our thoughts on some of the things that we haven't been able to review in a while because things have been a bit hectic. Um, if you are listening to us for the very first time, I just want you to be familiar with how we rate things here over at Blurs R Us. We call it the chicken rain system. If we think something is absolutely dead, it gets bones. Next up is a quarter chicken, half chicken, three piece. And if it's the creme de la creme, it gets a whole chicken. Now, I know T's probably dying because he wasn't able to be on the full episode. So T, you have a maximum of five minutes to get your thoughts out on Thor, Love and Thunder and your rating. So you're up first. Hit it. Thor, okay. Um, Thor, Love and Thunder. I've seen it twice now. I watched it again since since we watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and my opinion changed on it. When we first came out, I kind of hated it. Do you know what I mean, like, I, I was, I thought it was okay, but I was leaning more to the side of it was disappointing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think I, I still think case. I still think it was disappointing, and still enjoy the movie though. Yeah, that's, you know what you know you know what disappointing and absolutely like were garbage I think like I think Martin finished with a quarter chicken and I think you were a half chicken and only me and Martin yeah. and only me and Martin were at half, um, three, uh, three pieces three piece yeah I'm still at a half chicken mm-hmm. um, I feel like for me that's a fair score to give it because as divisive as this film has been with the fans mm-hmm. I am like right there do you know what I mean I'm, I'm on the fence with this movie as much as I liked a lot of it I also disliked a lot of it and I felt like it was just okay. It wasn't this epic thing that I thought it was going to be. But then mm-hmm. I think that's what made me disappointed. It's not what the movie was. It's what I wanted the movie to be or what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So when I watched it the second time, it was more... Even though I enjoyed it the first time, me and Marvin were bussing up like at, at all the jokes. But it... it it was like what they did with Ragnarok, but turned up to 11. Mm, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the humor was too much. It was too Taika Waititi. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they had a really big opportunity here to make like an epic, uh, like an epic movie. Do you know what I mean? Gore is not a joke. Do you know what I mean? He, that comic mm. is epic. Like it, it spans across thousands of years. Thor comes across him at three different times of his life. Do you know what I mean? When he was young, kind of like just starting out Thor, then when he was like current Thor, the more wise kind of Thor, and then the future Thor, where he's an old man and he's king, king Thor, and he's got an arm missing. So it's an epic story, do you know what I mean? And this kind of made it look like it happened over a weekend. And 
that's kind of the problem with condensing a big story arc like that down into one um, movie. I saw someone online put up a good idea saying that they should have made three movies out yeah, of the gore that, story. That, that was Rodimus Crime. Yeah, that's and had it as like a, a Thanos kind of in the background. Yeah going around killing gods and then comes you, out like that would have been cool do you know what's funny that, I, I felt that would totally have worked yeah I felt like I, I well maybe I didn't mention last episode but I felt like someone else had said that before as well and mm. I also think yeah okay maybe if they didn't want to do it into like a free arc series or whatever this probably would have been one that might have worked better as a TV show yeah played the wrong game of it I think Gore deserves a theatrical release. You know what I mean? Like he is a, a, he's probably one of the best of the modern Thor villains. So, I mean, he, he's, he needs more than a TV show, but he needs more than just a movie. He should have survived this one to come back later. Again, you said it. I don't know why they always need to make villains sympathetic. And, yeah, man. But I, I, I get it making him sympathetic, but then make him irredeemable. Do you know what I mean? Make him go like cross the line and he can't come back so he, he just goes he, he just goes down the rabbit hole you know what I mean just goes on this killing spree mm. and that was the problem they didn't show Gore killing gods in this movie he killed one god yeah at the beginning and then that was it every other god every other god he killed was off screen we just heard about it but you need to show this stuff and okay this movie yeah it's I, I think it should have been called Thor, Love, Thunder, and Contradictions. Because, or, or, or just Thor, Love, and Blunder. Do you know what I mean? Because this, <laughs> this movie, yeah, is just full of contradictions. I feel like it was stupid to make Gore put children at risk because his child died. Yeah. That's kind of like, do you know what I mean? And I think Thor killing gods is stupid. Like, Gore shouldn't be butchering gods to stop a god butcher. That just, that's stupid. Um, Molnir, whatever the hammer's called, saved Jane's life, but then turns out to be the thing that's stopping her from being able to recover. But isn't that like, in the comic books, though? That's, that's in the comics. That's so, the no, it makes sense. The problem is, in this, they changed why Molnir is protecting her. They made it be some magic thing that Thor put on the hammer so that mm. the hammer would protect her. It wasn't nothing to do with Thor not being worthy and Jane being worthy. Like, that's what the story in the comic was. But mm. I understand that, but I don't mind that. The reason why I don't mind that is because with with Odin not being there anymore, Thor is technically, should be technically king of Asgard, right? So I can't stand that. Um, well, it's not, it's not said in the movies, but I can't stand you know, a certain power being transferred from Odin to now Thor and Thor being basically... Um, god king of asgard so i can see why he's able to chart that i mean again it don't explain that but i, I can, get i get why he can do it i get why he can do it I, and i thought that was actually quite a good addition to the story but that's what i'm saying it then contradicted what happened later if it if if molly was if she could wield the hammer just because she was worthy then the hammer's not bothered about whether it's saving her life or not she's worthy she gets to wield it but because the hammer is letting her wield it specifically because it's trying to protect her, then it's stupid that it turns out that it's the thing that's killing her even faster. Mm, yeah, I see, yeah, I see that. Yeah. That addition yeah, has what's made this contradiction. Yeah, it's in the comic, but it's because the hammer don't care if she's dying or not. You're worthy, so you get to wield mm. it. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, anyway, I've only got 10 minutes, so I'm going to move on quickly. Zeus... 
these are more contradictions. Zeus makes fun of Thor, yeah, for being the god of thunder, saying like, oh, that's just the sound of lightning, right? Because Zeus is the god of lightning, innit? But then Thor calls his hammer the lightning bolt, and Zeus corrects him saying, no, actually, it's called thunderbolt. So it's like, why are you making fun of him for being called the god of thunder, but then your weapon is thunder, even though you're meant to be lightning? Again, mm -hmm. just more little things. Jane going to Valhalla, despite not dying in battle, like he just See, I it. said that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I, I said I said the battle was with cancer, so <laughs> so that's how she died. Uh, that's fair enough. But I kind of <laughs> went down a rabbit hole with this whole Valhalla thing. I'll get to that in a sec. And the last contradiction, yeah, that I thought was a bit silly is Thor promised Gore that he will keep his daughter safe, and then the first thing he does is start taking him into battle with him, taking her. I into mean, battle if with he's him. always fighting. so I thought like, huh? If he's always fighting, maybe the best way to protect her is that she's always by his side. I guess so. The best form of defense is a good offense, mm. they say, innit? Mm. Um, anyway, so let me just quickly just go through my, my shit quickly. Um, I think they should have showed Gore suffering more. It was yeah. a nice, quick um, intro to him at the beginning. I did like it, but I feel like they should have shown more. Um, again, like I said, he shouldn't have kidnapped the kids because his motivation is his kid dying. So if anything, he should have a soft spot for kids. Maybe if the thing's corrupt in him, yeah, make him kidnap them but then make them being in danger be the thing that kind of snaps him out of it or something, do you know what I mean? Well, to be honest, and like, again, it's been a long time since I've mentioned PCL on here in terms of like one of their opinions, but I definitely agreed with them when they said that there should, kidnapping the kids as a motive for wanting to kill Gore is irrelevant. Like they should, like it should have just been one of those beefs that's on site regardless, isn't it? Like, yeah, Gore should exactly. have needed any extra motivation. Or, but, or, or even... Like I've, I've, I've got like there could have been more motivation, yeah. Because, all right, like we said, the hammer saving Jane, yeah. That whole thing, I feel like they kind of muddled themselves up there. Do you know what I mean? But I think it would have been better instead of Thor not wanting her to wield the hammer at the end and be like, no, like it's killing you, or whatever. I feel like Thor should have wanted. It would have been more emotionally impactful i feel if thor wanted her to use the hammer because it's saving her life do you know what i mean don't make it be the thing killing her make it like if she's got this hammer she's cool but then she at the beginning she says stuff with darcy like i want to fight cancer my own way like i trust in science so make it so that in the end jane gives up the hammer do you know what i mean and she's like look i'm gonna fight cancer my way i don't need this like, make her have been in a battle and, like, it, it shocked her. Do you know what I mean? She's just a civilian. She's a scientist. She ain't no warrior. So, and he's been doing this for thousands of years. Maybe as well, he, for him to be powerful enough to fight Gore, he needs to wield the two weapons like he did against Thanos. So she's like, you need the hammer as well. But because he don't want to take the hammer and leave it to her, maybe that's why he ends up having to take Zeus's bolt. Make that bolt matter. Do you know what I mean? It, it didn't matter in the movie. It was just, oh... We came for Zeus. He ain't coming. Oh, well, we've got his lightning bolt. Zeus, I liked. It was funny, but I feel like there could have been an epic lightning and thunder battle between Thor and Zeus. And again, we never got to see that. So that's a bit disappointing as well. Um, I don't know. I feel like they, okay, they should have shown more gods. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They showed a lot of gods at that place, but they didn't do anything. They needed to show more gods we had a connection to. We just had Moon Knight. So I thought that might have come into play. We, we've got Star-Lord in the movie, who is the son of Ego, who said in that movie, he's a god. Do you know what I mean? He's a, he's a celestial. So that could have come into play. 
Um, I liked everything with the Guardians. I feel like they should have been in it more. Um, Thor could have like gone to all these different locations. You know what I mean, to, to, he could have gone to the like, astral like, plane. And, and, and you know what's mad about what you're saying here is one again that some of this would have resolved if they had made it like a free movie arc here. But two, this was like one of the shortest Marvel movies ever, like a runtime of like one yeah, hour and fifty-seven minutes. Yeah, it was short. Like it was short. It felt quick as well. And the second and third act kind of just. Bl- led into each other it was weird the pacing of this movie was weird mm. but if they had enough time to go to different locations they could have gone to the astral plane they could have met bast do you know what i mean they could have and met not, the person and asked, her for giving, and asked her for help maybe she joins maybe gore kills her in this movie and that affects black panther too mm. maybe um t'challa dies on a mission because his powers fail him because bast has died so then Shuri has to take over and she's more tech based. She don't need the powers. She can become like a tech based Black Panther. Do you know what I mean? It could have we don't know what their plan is. They've got plans anyway. But again, I just feel like her being there would have been cool as an actual character. Um Yeah, I mean there's things that I liked. Um I liked the visuals, especially like the black and white stuff with like a splash of colour like in his eyes or whenever the hammer glowed. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought the idea of him being shadow and black and white versus Thor with his rainbow bridge and stuff like that, which is all the colors. I thought that was quite a cool, like, visual um, thing there. Um, I like the visuals of the two Thors. I didn't like Thor's costume, like the, the, the one where he, it was funny. When he like did this thing because he like overcompensating trying to show off to the ex, but he kept it. Even though he took the helmet off, he kept that thing for the rest of it, and it was just too much color and weird. Like I liked the fur, the the fur one that he had at the beginning of the movie. That was cool. Yeah. Um, I liked the hammer's abilities because he's got this shotgun spray kind of thing. Um, Christian Bell's acting whenever he he showed up was cool. Chuck Norris being. Uh, Thor being Chuck Norris was sick. I like that. Um, I was saying it was more like Van Damme with his splits. It was, it was very reminiscent of that one for me. Yeah, so the mm. splits was the splits was Van Damme and the Roundhouse. Van Damme. Um, was the Roundhouse Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, yeah. Uh, all right, but I have some questions quickly though, yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'm done. Um, how is Thor still worthy in this movie? Like, he's clearly become more arrogant again. He's, like, ignorant to other people. He's absent-minded. He destroys those people's church. Like, doesn't even realise he put everyone for working as a team, even though he didn't incorporate them at all. He just did everything himself. Like, this is where I'm saying part of the story should have been that he's unworthy, like mm. in the comics. But, again, mm. that's something I they didn't really get into. He, 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 no, no, they I was going to say, for me, I think that it's because it's not that he's unworthy. It's just that because he's lost the love of his life, basically, because all of it is him grieving over, you know, his loss of, of, um, of Jane and other things. So it's not necessarily that he's unworthy. It's just that he's just in a bad place at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And that, I that's guess so. His heart has been in the right place. Yeah. Whereas before he was, he was truly arrogant. He was basically Zeus. Mm. Um, when he was younger, so I think that's how I can sp- explain away why he's worthy. Mm. I, I could be wrong, but that's my that's my take on it. But I could be wrong. Uh, I've got no. I get what you're saying. Actually, it makes sense. I've got another question though. Okay, Jane goes to Valhalla, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though she didn't die in battle, technically, like the same way he's just said to Sif, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. We also saw Heimdall there. 
he didn't die in battle. He got stabbed on the floor like a bitch by Thanos. Yeah. Well, and he got into Valhalla. Technically, that's so a the, fight there. It was, it was a mini battle. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was on the floor. He was defeated. The battle was over. Do you know what I mean? He no, but he still get, yeah, still get stabbed by like, in the sense of not worried. Okay. But hold on then. Loki, on the other hand, died trying to attack him. Yeah. Trying to attack Thanos. Mm. So he was still fighting. He died. Could original MCU Loki be in Valhalla? Yes. He should be. He should be in it. Yes. So we, we don't need this whole alternate timeline Loki to come back because he should be in Valhalla, right? Well, again, it depends mm-hmm. on what, what this means, isn't it? Is Valhalla an actual another dimension? Is it actually a place Well, yeah. It's like we've to, got the or, astral plane. We've or, got the Egyptian one from Moon Knight. We've got um, uh, um, this one now, Valhalla. So it looks like all these different like um planes of existence they will exist mm. they're just specific to whichever person is following them do you know what i mean so again like i said loki should be there all right we so we agree loki should be there mm-hmm. but then okay should captain america be there no because he's not um a viking neither yeah. was neither was jane no but, but I think because when jane was four yeah was i think now that you guys say that because captain jane was america, captain america Captain America wielded his hammer. Yeah, but that's different. He got power. He was different. Um, yeah, didn't didn't um, what's he, her name? He possessed the power. That's a good. That's a question as well. Why didn't he get the costume like Jane did? He wielded it the same way. That's because another. Didn't they say something about um, Jane becoming like a, a Viking or something yeah, like so that? Jane <laughs> basically got given the um, the rights to be a Viking. I think Cap was just worthy. Do you know what I mean? And I think he, I think, yeah, again, this is obviously like, you know, you're putting a lot into it, yeah. But like, because it was like a very short term thing, he didn't develop the ability to like summon a costume. Like maybe because Jaina had it for a while, she's seen four with it. Remember, she lived with four in it. So maybe she, you know, being with him, she picked up on certain things about Mjolnir that a normal person wouldn't be able to just Mjolnir. know Mjolnir, sorry, that a normal person wouldn't know in it. Again, it's a stretch of the well, I wouldn't even say it's a stretch of the imagination, but it's going off stuff that we don't know for certain. In it. But again, uh, I would say yeah, the reason why Cap is not there is Cap was not as um, was not labelled as an as Guardian or as a Viking or whatever. Mm-hmm. It Okay. Well, he also didn't. He also didn't die, though, did he? I mean, he's not. Yeah, he went oh, back in time and everything and changed stuff around. So he's not dead by any stretch of my imagination. And, so he, would, he's and he would also be dead by um, battle either. Hmm. Yeah, but neither was Jane. But uh, uh, yes, and I, and I and I do agree with that. But I so if Jane so- died. If we're going with what Martin says, she died because she battled with cancer. Mm. Captain America's all old now. We don't know what ailments he has. Yeah, he's, he's, died, he's battling yeah, old again, days, it's still he's right. not as guardian. But if he went back in time, that means he never picked up Thor's hammer, right? Which means that he wouldn't have been deemed as worthy because it's it's changed the timeline, hasn't it, by him doing no, that? No, no, right? the MCU timeline's don't work like that. He's still... Oh, yeah, of course, he wouldn't. He's still in the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. little question, yeah. I think my brain's about, about to explode. <laughs> last, last thing about Jane, sorry. Why did she turn into golden gold dust like Odin when she died? Because she's as Guardian okay. now. No, but Loki didn't turn to dust any time he died. Heimdall didn't turn to dust. Loki was... The Warriors 3 didn't turn to dust. None that, of them I that I can't explain. So because I, thought that was, I thought that was an Odin-specific thing. Like, he's gone, he turns to dust. That's but, what I thought as well. I, I, I can't, I can't explain there. that at all maybe, because... Maybe that, I was just going to say, maybe that's a Mjolnir special, isn't it? Maybe that's something to do with the ability to um, use Mjolnir or Mjolnir. Sorry, I keep saying it wrong. 
Mm, maybe. Well, the, the, the meal is, 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 is a star at uh, an anime cafe, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's a well. Speaking of that, the, the humor in this movie was hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. I feel like a, 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 an ice cream shot called Infinity Cones is funny, but in universe, that is in very poor taste. Very that would be like taste. if I opened up a restaurant and I called it something like Dine Eleven, and yeah. was like, "Yeah, come to my." Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's not funny in the, in their world, but no. Um. All right. That this is I'm nearly done, yeah. But then, turned, say, but then yeah. saying that, yeah, remember as Guardians treat war and battle like very differently, let's like, so, say that's, them, true. that's, that's probably a good like honouring their, their sacrifice finals. But but Thor was hit hard by it, and he was living in Asgard. He was there depressed. So imagine coming out with your fat, fat four self, depressed, looking at an ice cream shop called Infinity. Well, Friends. they only just opened it, so that that he would have been off well. Ah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Yeah. I've watched it I've watched it twice as well. Obviously the way we watched the first time and then See, a couple of days later. Tell me this one then, yeah. Tell me this one. Mm-hmm. Eternity, yeah. I like visually, I like how they realized Eternity on screen. It was mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Even Same though way. he was just sitting there, it was still cool. Like the silhouette and you see the universe inside him. Like that was really cool. Um mm-hmm. but in this, they made it whoever Eternity will grant the wish of whoever's the first to find him, yeah? Mm-hmm. Now when Gore finally finds out how to get there, Thor and Valkyrie have this little chat where I, like, they know where it is. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or it, they know how to get to the place that leads there. Even if they didn't know where exactly it is, they know of it. Yeah, They know of eternity. They know that you get there and you can make a wish, right? Mm-hmm. Why didn't Thor try this during those five years of the blip? If he was so depressed... Yeah, that he that this happened. He could have gone to eternity and made the wish to bring everyone back. They wouldn't have needed to do this time travel heist and go to do all this stuff. Do you know what I mean? He could have just wished everyone my, back. My my oh, this is this is a tricky one. I would say yeah, it's all. It would almost be a little bit like Shen. No, because Shenron does the wish where he just kills. I think the specifics of it would have been too much power for the Infinity Stones. Does that make sense? <clears throat> like I like if Eternity might be like able to grant like one wish in a sense, yeah. But I don't think the power level of the wish is strong enough to bring back everyone from across the universe back. Well, it should be it's Eternity. Yeah, like, he, he is the universe. Mm. He's more powerful than the Infinity Stones. Do you know what I mean? Because they're inside the universe, which is him. He is the universe. Do you know I mean? That's what he should. He can do anything. Well, then again, the only other factors I'll say to that is then obviously like as being, and I'm doing in air quotation, but as being the good, the good people of the world, that is not a power that they, he was willing to use or the gods are allowed to use. That's why they don't use it. And that's the fact, the real only reason they even got to get there is because a villain was after that power. So let's say, you know, if not if four had followed through to like his true purpose, he would have just killed Gore and left and then like closed up the portal and, and then been on his way. Mm-hmm. Okay. But to, just to add to this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did love get the power of eternity? Yeah, why, I, I don't just understand wishing that. Her back? Does that mean, yeah, if I got there first and wished for my dead cat to come back, yeah. would the, my cat have the power of eternity? Potentially, yeah. That's fine. I don't think, I don't, I don't think, idea, I don't think she has the power of eternity per se, you know. Go on, huh? mine. Go on, mine. I don't think she has the powers of eternity per se. You know? I think it's just 
a maybe some form of uh, power that's been granted to her, but I don't think she actually has the power. Well, yeah, it's, it's cosmic power. Like, when she first when she first turns up in her reflection, mm. she has she is the silhouette of eternity, but like as a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. And then in like you see it in the real world, and it's just her. But she has like some cosmic powers. If it's not the power of eternity, and it's just like she's just got powers. Even that is weird. Like, why? Why would she come back with powers? Yeah. She didn't. Unless part of the wish that Gore made was make my daughter come back with powers. Do you know what I mean? So that she'd be able to protect herself. Yeah. That's only really speculate, right? If if Thor did go to eternity to wish back half the universe, would half the universe have had powers? Mm, well, you know what I mean? Mm. Given the the comment, the humor in this movie, I, it wouldn't have surprised me if 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 a cat had been given powers. <laughs> you know, yeah. I I certainly think it would. Uh, I'd I'd definitely ask, make sure one of my cats had the powers of eternity. Mate, that's a scary thought, though. You know, cats will, like will laser laser you just for yeah. fucking stroke yeah. running too long. One of my cats is a psychopath. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, also, what happened to um, what's his name now, uh, Mr. Eye Patch himself? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look what look what a cat did to him. Mm. Um, anyway, last last two things, and I swear I'm done. Yeah, bro, um, you turned five minutes into like twenty minutes. Well, you said ten minutes, so no, I said let's, five. let's, let's I said call five. it in the middle. I said five. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right, okay, all right. I'm, I'm I'm done though. But yeah, I just thought it was funny that Valkyrie and Korg were both kind of confirmed to be gay in this movie. And they're played by Tessa Thompson and Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. who were caught in photos on a balcony with Rita Ora, like, orgying it up. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, So I just thought it was funny that the only two MCU movies that feature the word orgy are Taika Waititi's two movies. Mm-hmm. And he must just be like a little, like, he's a sex, he's a, he's a fuck boy. Do you know what I mean? Like, so that, I thought that was funny. Um, and this family was a was a family production. This movie was a family production. Yeah, everyone's, um, everyone's the, kids the, was in it. Everyone's kids was in it. Do you know what I mean? Natalie Portman's kids was in it. Belle's kids, I'm guessing, like part of the kidnap kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, uh, Chris Hemsworth's wife was the wolf woman that he was kissing at the beginning in Taika the flashback. Taika's kids was in um, it. Huh? Taika's kids was in it as well. <laughs> yeah, they was in it. Um, Chris Hemsworth's daughter is love. Um, that's his actual daughter. Um, Chris Hemsworth's son was young Thor, like in that scene where they're running and yep. he gets older and older, young Thor is his son. And all the creatures were designed based off of drawings from Taika Waititi's children. So mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool as well. That's, that's mad. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I, I'm done with Thor. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a half, a half chicken. Right, so what, has there anyone heard the, um, in a sense, backlash about this Disney and the CGI um companies and studios at the moment no what's that story about so basically that since obviously the <coughs> pandemic with there being such a backlog disney are causing uh or, or giving um cgi studios like a lot of work and giving them really harsh deadlines and that's why some of the cgis on certain things aren't looking as great or, uh, on the disney side um and you know it's like Disney are not ups, like not being as great to work with as they have been in the past. No, just me that's been hearing that. Um, I haven't heard about that yet. 
I've I've heard something like that that they've been overworking their CGI guys mm. and underpaying them and yeah I heard that too. They want results too quickly. If they had more time, they could let things render and they could improve things. But because they're being rushed, that's why you get poor, like not as good quality CGI. Mm. But if you want to strike, well, if they're outsourcing stuff, it would make sense because Marvel's CGI is usually flawless. Yeah. So if they're giving it out, maybe that's why other companies aren't, aren't as good as, as the Disney magic. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and they're not used to the time crunch as well. All right, so from one Marvel project to another, uh, Miss Marvel finale happened last week. Um, it took me a while to watch it. Um, uh, I, do you know what? Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's right in the middle. It's a half chicken. Um, the last episode was fun enough. Um, I didn't love it as much as it seemed like you guys did. Uh, I did like the situation where they did the whole trope of when Marvel characters need disguise, they just put caps on. That made me laugh. Um, yeah. I thought Cameron's, Cam, Cameron's acting in this last episode was a bit cringy and not the best. Um, I agree with you on that. Say it again. I agree with you on that. Yeah, it just like, like the first four episodes or five episodes, like his acting was like good for like what he's doing. And the last episode, I was just like, why is your acting? I, I get that he was like battling with his newfound superpowers, but like his acting just didn't. It was, it was just nowhere near as good as the first five episodes of him in it. And like it kind of I'll, put me for a little bit. I think that in that last bit where he's um, fighting off the agents and stuff, right? And he accidentally throws the um, truck into the crowd. Mm-hmm. I feel to show that he wants to hurt specific people, also the people who are out to get him and stuff like that. He's angry as well. Mm. But at the same time, he's not trying to hurt the actual bystanders, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they haven't done anything to him. So I think for him, the actor himself, it was maybe it was, uh, it was hard to portray both sides. So that's why his mm. um, acting was, act was a bit shady, no, yeah, or shoddy. Um, um, again, you, you, you lot said we spoiled this for me in the chat, yeah, but I don't, mm. I don't know how I feel about her being potentially a mutant. Like, I feel like this wasn't the place to reveal that. Do you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to um, Kamala Khan and Miss Marvel, yeah. But like, I feel like if you were going to do a, a reveal that we had mutants in the MCU, yeah, it should have been in like one of the like big movies. Does that make I mean, sense? Well, it was. <laughs> what do you mean? It was in. It was in Doctor Strange. Yeah, but that's that. Yeah, but that's obviously like I'm saying. That's um, that is uh, in, like in multiversal plane. Isn't it? Like you could still have it as a separate thing. This is in our MCU universe that she is being talked about as the first mutant. Well, well maybe not the first mutant. Maybe not the first mutant, but the, the first, first mutant we'll be, we'll be made aware of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It, but could, it I, could just be just me in it, but that's that's my feeling. That's I, I, I didn't love that. Yeah. See, I, I, guess, that's I wonder, guys, if it was a, um, a bit of a throwaway thing where they... No, it can't be. They it were can't doing be. it. They, no, I know, but they, they, they were doing it as a... Like, they're, they're talking about that she's a mutation, she's got a mutation, and they threw in the, the, the theme tune for X-Men. But they could just turn around and go, it's just a mutation, that's it. 
and, and not then not bring it up again in the future it, it wouldn't like surprise me if if the mcu did that you know if 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 marvel did that because they they've they've pissed around with people's sort of like anticipation for so many so many times and they've they've built up like ideas and people have like speculated and then they've just gone yeah, ah, no, actually, no you know yeah. so you know like it, they they could have dropped that in to just get like everybody talking about it but yeah. actually then they could just leave it and not, okay, yeah, not well, act on it stevie's right stevie's right uh i'm mm-hmm. gonna go uh, stevie you know carry on what what was what was your thoughts on the series and what is your rating Oh no, I loved it. <laughs> I, this is this is like a whole chicken for me. Uh, the the you're right. The, there was the the last episode. I, I completely agree. What was the guy name? Guy's name is it Cameron? Cameron. Cameron. Yeah, he, I felt like he didn't. His character kind of like they tried to turn him kind of like he was going bad, but um, yeah, I wasn't. I kind of wasn't feeling as much but to, to be honest with you the star of the show for me was obviously was kamala khan you know like the the her being being um like her miss marvel and everything and and just seeing her enjoy herself so much and the all of the the music and the art way work and the kind of some of the graffiti and the way that they kind of accentuated the 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 the, the, the series kind of made me feel a little bit like um the way that into the spider-verse had been kind of drawn some of the some of the drawing in the into the spider-verse was done yeah um and yeah i just i thought it was really a really fresh kind of take on on a series and i was quite i was just hooked the whole time so for me i definitely you know i want to see more I, I was a little bit miffed at, <laughs> that they dropped in carol danvers at, right at the end mm-hmm and and i was kind of like ah, did they need to do that that was almost too that yeah. was almost too mcu kind of you know like oh let's put a, well, a post-credit scene in I, I, and actually, I, I love post-credit scenes but i actually yeah. like that because it obviously links because again you kind of want to tell people that love the show that miss marvel is going to be the marvels because unless you're like us where we do podcasts and we do the news you might not know that she's going to be in there and especially people are sure. loving this as much as um you know the the presence that i'm getting from social media what better way to boost captain marvel after you know not everyone loves brie larson as the character than to put uh, uh kamala khan in it because right now for me mm-hmm. if, if 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 the marvels turns into like a uh, uh, like a buddy cop uh movie with kamala khan and uh carol danvers that could be really successful it's almost like when people were asked like and we kind of did get that in Cap- uh, captain falcon and the winter soldier where people were asking for like a, 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 a you know a, sh- a movie or show with those two characters this could be the female equivalent of that show but obviously a lot more uh family friendly and not less shield bashing do you know what i mean so for from a marketing aspect, I think it was that was a smart move. Yeah, I mean, I'm not denying that there was a smart move. I just don't know if I actually liked it. Oh, <laughs> I felt like it was maybe I'm just getting a bit too like I'm getting a bit of fatigue on the way that yeah. uh, Marvel are doing their kind of post credit scenes, and I, yeah. I never thought I would because I just I always loved to be like tantalised about what was coming next, mm-hmm. um, but. A lot of the post-credit scenes have been just shit recently. I've, I've not really given them much 
large, I, you know, when, when, when we had like phase two and phase three in, they were like, they were dropping hints about like Thanos and everyone was just getting totally hyped up about it. And, mm. and or they were like dropping in fun little kind of like hints of, um, oh, what was there? Wasn't there one where they had How the Duck at the end of one of the post credit yep. scenes? Yeah. Oh, that stuff is fun. You know, like I don't, mm. now it just feels like it's a bit like it's either just a, some sort of like quick, quick joke or, I don't know, or just like them flagrantly advertising the next movie like they really need to. I mean, come on, they're rivals. I, I, <laughs> I am going to steal someone's analogy. I'm going to add to it just a little bit. Phase, the Infinity Saga was that phase one to three that felt like yep. the main story of a computer game. Yeah. So far, yep. phase four is just all the bunch of side quests that you have to do after the game. Yeah, I think <laughs> phase, so good. I, I think phase five will be the new game, and like will we, the, 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 will, will phase five be the the second game? Like yeah, the phase, phase five will be like, phase, phase five will be the sequel, and then the tidbits from the side quest, like the old slash expansion pack, will filter in into the phase five. And the rumors are that well, San Diego Comic Con is like literally tom- is it tomorrow? No, what today? Today, Tuesday. It starts on I think Thursday. The rumor is is that we're gonna get um a more clear defined answer of where Phase Five is going. So you know wow. we we may get he we Kevin Feige may turn up on stage and be like, all right, we're gonna be doing Blade um four five uh, oh, uh what's that again? For Midnight Suns and all yes, that. Yes, Midnight Suns, the Thunderbolts, blah 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 blah, etc. etc. All leading up to drum roll please Secret Wars. Or drum roll please Young Avengers. Or drum roll please X-Men versus Avengers. Do you know what mm. I mean? So that's mm. the, that like don't quote me on this, but that's the rumor that's been circling that we're gonna get um basically the official season um season five, the official phase five announcement plus um all these little tid because again, like I said, phase four right now just feels like loads of different side quests with no real continuity like we, we, we're used to. And Kevin Feige is basically going to say, guys, I am the guy. Trust me. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of what the vision is. And the vision is this. Do you know what? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised again because obviously I'm not a comic book guy in it. So I don't really know fully like what the story of Secret Wars in, entails other than like when T's talked about it before about the, uh, when we talked about Captain Marvel's like scrolls pretending to be humans but it, maybe he wouldn't drop it like this year but it would it not be a mad thing yeah if he just come around and said like okay boom see uh, phase five is leading up to Galactus I, I get that um, totally well, yeah but things that we know that Kang is still is still there so somewhere along the line we're going to have a massive war with Kang right um, yeah. But I think right now it's just I think the, right now the reason why it's so dis- disjointed is because they have a shed load of um, characters to introduce, and I, I mean the way they've done it is actually pretty smart in terms of how it started off. Not 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 what it is right now because right now it's just too disjointed for me. Mm. But right at the right, it starts so it started off with um, I guess the Loki series and what happened yeah, at the end of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what's led to all this happening now, right? So my thinking is that somewhere along the line, Kang's going to be the main bad guy, but you'll still have they'll still have their main bad guys to fight. Do you know what I mean? So um, Iron Man, it was um, 
oh, it was again, it was, um, I guess, Obadiah Staines, um, and whoever, whoever, whoever. We haven't had a Hulk movie. Um, for Captain America, it was Winter Soldier, Rest of Hydra, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be played out like that, and then they'll slowly make the way to the bad guys. So you know, have have all this these small battles. Well, I say small, but have all these small major battles going yeah. on, just so that we get more characters fleshed out and things like that people come more familiar with it. Fair enough, Shang Chi maybe doing his own thing on the side, and then finding me up with Spider Man or something like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, have villains to fight along the way and then we'll come to Kang or um or something like that. That's that's what I think mm. is happening. You know guys but um, I'll have to see what happens with um Ken Feige and his uh, reveal. That'll definitely help. So I'm concerned that um Kang is gonna be left like at the wayside and, and forgotten about. Nah, I don't, because, I, I, I don't um, think they will. Because remember, uh, no, remember, I, remember hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rem- so, wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll send it back to you in a second. Because remember, um, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going, like, Kang is the main villain of that one. Mm. Uh, is that confirmed? Yeah, that's confirmed. Like, it's called. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, okay. Kang is the okay. main villain of Ant Man and the Wasp. So you, you, you're, you're getting a whole movie with Kang. Fair enough, fair enough. Because uh, do you know what I thought after the first Doctor Strange movie? I thought they were going to make Mordo into yeah. mm-hmm. a villain, and they totally just dropped. Yep. They just left it and didn't ever follow it up, and then and then we get Mordo in in Multiverse of Madness, but just a different version of Mordo from another galaxy, and I and, and I was kind of like, ah. What happened to him being <laughs> the, the cool Mordo who's going to yeah. give people their powers and you know like he could have been a great villain, couldn't he? Yeah. But, no, yeah. Definitely. No, I, that gets good. That does reassure me a bit that they have got like um, Kang being the mm. you know the, the baddie in um, uh, T- what is it, Quantumania? Yeah. T, are you there? Um, I just want to hear your thoughts on the potential, what, the disjointed of um, season four and my. Uh, analogy of season five, uh, <coughs> season five, of phase four and phase five before sending over um, the line. Yeah, no, I, I, I like I like that analogy, and I, I, yeah, I get it. I agree with it as well. It was like the whole game was leading up to end game. So I mean, being the end, mm. um, but I, I like to think of it as uh, up to end game. That was the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was this complete story. So essentially, phase four is kind of like phase one again. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm because we're getting a lot more new characters being introduced in TV shows and in movies. So like Shang-Chi, Moon Knight, all these things. And they seem quite scattered, innit? They don't seem like they're leading anywhere. But then if you look back at phase one, that it was the same then. It, was, it, it wasn't necessarily leading anywhere yet, well, even through it, phase it, two. It kind of was. It, it, was leading, it, it was leading to the Avengers. It was leading to the Avengers. But what I'm saying is there was no grand, like, even though we knew Thanos was coming, mm-hmm. it wasn't necessarily like things were happening. Like it's hard to explain Like they were happening, but we didn't know they was happening yet. It wasn't emphasized. It seemed scattered until the plan was revealed. Do you know what I mean? They kind of just yeah. threw things out there and like having the infinity gauntlet in Thor's, uh, in Odin's, um, like weapons room. Do you know what I mean? That was like testing the waters. And then the actual story of Infinity War, that wasn't the real glove. So they kind of had to work. Do you know what I mean? They were kind of making it up as they went along. So 
now in this phase, it's kind of like they've hit the reset button and they're introducing new characters again. And it seems scattered, but when the plan starts to be revealed and everything starts to come together, we're going to be able to watch it back and go like, oh, mm-hmm. that's that goes to that and that links to that. Do you know what I mean? The same oh, way. I really hope so, man. I really yeah, hope so. The same, the same way we can look back at phase one and two and go, oh, that's the the, the Tesseract and this, that was the space I, stone the whole time. And do you know what I mean? You can see where everything yeah, I, is connected. I, 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 I hear what you're saying, but I still feel like phase one had a little bit more continu- continuity than what we're getting with phase four. Oh well, yeah, because it was more focused. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this phase is setting up a number of different, we're not just getting the one infinity arc. Like it's not just leading to Thanos. This is leading to a lot of things. Like you said, we've already got Kang in the pipeline. We've got Galactus that could come. Now that we've had Celestials and all that introduced, like, why not Galactus? Um, we could have um, fucking... Uh, there's rumours that Doctor Doom is going to come through through Black Panther's movies. Um, and we're getting Fantastic Four as well soon. So Doctor Doom's coming, do you know what I mean? Um, we're getting Namor and stuff. And now Hercules and... Like, there's a lot of different... There's a cosmic saga going on. There's, like, a magic... Like, there's a multiversal leading to um, secret wars. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's, there's so many things going on. And it's, I, I hope, like you said, Stevie, I hope it's all going to be linked and we're going to be able to look back at it and go, oh, yeah, that's that, 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 that. Because I can see... I can see where the links could be. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. having gods, having the Egyptian gods and having the Eternals, and now the Greek gods. And there's a connection between the Greek gods and the Eternals. I, they, they mentioned that in the Eternals movie. And the, the ancestral plane and Black Panther God, like, there's a lot of, they're emphasizing that. They're emphasizing the multiverse. They're, they're starting to, you know what I mean, zone in on... on... Again, we're in phase four. Again, like, I see this as a new phase one. We've got phases to go before we actually get to the end game. Do you know what I mean? So this is all still just the, the start-up again. Okay, cool. Uh, That's why I feel like, anyway, I'm hoping that's okay. the case. <laughs> cool. Switching it back to uh, Martin, um, what, is, what is your overall thoughts of Captain Marvel and your feelings, etc.? Um, I enjoy Captain Marvel. I think I gave sorry, it... I think I was last last recording. Sorry, not Captain um, Marvel. Um, what's the show called again? Miss Marvel? No, Miss Marvel? Yeah, Miss Marvel. Yeah, sorry, Miss Marvel. Sorry, Miss Marvel. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought I mentioned it last last recording we had, or did I not? I don't know, bro. I can't remember. All right, um, I give it a three piece. Um, I I fondly, uh, I, I enjoyed it fondly. Um, I like the way the character was introduced. I like the way they explore the culture and the gives bits of history on the partitions in Pakistan and what happened there. Um, you know, it's all things that I like. Um. It, had, it went to a bit of a lull for me um, midway through the series. I think that's the general theme with um, Disney stuff now. I won't just say Marvel because it happens in uh, um, the Star Wars stuff as well. But there's a bit of a lull there in the middle. I've learned to sort of live with it. Um, but overall, I, I do like I do like the characters. Um, her best friend, I can't remember, I can't remember his name, um, uh, the white guy. I, I like how he was incorporated into the into the story. Um, he's a tech guy. Um, he, none of none of um, Kamala's friends took the shine away from her, but they all just added to her character. So you know, there's the best friend that she can rely on for certain things, and not just the hero and stuff, but you know, the actual life outside hero in as well, um, helping with the community, um, with the community and that kind of thing because he wanted to, you know, helping out her dad with 
the with the remote control, whatever it was as well. Um, I liked the even the gospel aunties. I like because we can all relate to gospel aunties, mm-hmm. um, and that's just that's just part of you know our cultures. Um, uh, for me, what I didn't like per se would probably be. Um, I guess the way the oh, I can't remember, I can't remember the name of them. You know the clandestines. The, I guess say again. I, was, I took a stab in the dark that you were talking about the clandestines, the evil people. No, no, no clandestines. Actually, I'm talking about the department of like I know like, the, the the department that cleans up after damage, damage heroes. Control. That's the one damage control. I should have said damage control. Was it also different by thumb? Yeah, um, I just yeah damage control just annoyed me a little bit in terms of how they operated. I know they've obviously moved on from when um Tony Stark was in charge of them and stuff like that, but they just seemed a bit overzealous, I guess, in terms of just clamping down if, on any sort of superpowered being and all that stuff. Um, yeah, if you if you watch back um Spider Man No mm-hmm. Way Home. They go on the same in that. That's the that's damage control as well, and it's even got the same yeah. guy. They go on the same. If you see how they come for Spider Man in the scene where mm. Aunt May dies, they come yeah. gunning yeah. for him. Do you know what I mean? So they don't fuck about. And yeah, they I don't. Think it was cool to go back and watch because I watched Spider Man No Way Home. I watch it every now and again just because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched it after watching the finale, and it was cool to see like that kind of continuity they they did kind of go on the same way they they yeah, they yeah. ruthlessly hunt down and young both times they were young super um super powered people miss marvel and spider-man they're young ones you know what i mean yeah yeah so i get yeah i just didn't again because they're young i didn't like the way they were going about doing it but i do understand the fact that obviously because they're super powered they have to take certain things into consideration um the so, thing, the thing I, sorry to just cut you before you move on the thing while we're talking about damage control the thing that I thought was funny or that it didn't really it wasn't really a thing I didn't like I just thought it was funny mm-hmm. it ended kind of like because she was there and damage control was coming for her and there was like a crowd of people like on her side like booing them and mm-hmm. cheering her and stuff it seemed yeah. like the end of Friday or, or another hood do you know what I mean like when the guy's yeah. fighting the booing yeah. And the crowd's cheering for the guy, and then like they then they just have to walk away with their tail between their legs, and it mm. just made me think of something like that. And I was like, mm, I I get it because they need to make her like known to the people and be popular and stuff as a new hero. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it was very like Friday or, or like another hood kind of thing, which made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, her going back in time, I I, I enjoyed it, but I think there was an aspect of it that I didn't like. I can't remember what it was on the top of my head, but overall, three piece. Um, and just to add, I think with the way damage control are doing things, I think it's a nice tie-in for when eventually we get mutants because they'll be going along similar lengths to sort of hunt down these superpower beings because as far as they're concerned, they're just superpower beings. They're not, there's no distinction between someone who's a mutant, someone who's an, uh, an enhanced human, that kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see damage control. That's a good point. Sorry to, to cut you off again and button, mm-hmm. but that's a good point. And when mutants come about, I wouldn't be surprised since Damage Control was founded by Tony Stark. They must have access to tech. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if they make the Sentinels. Yeah, of course, because we know that um, uh, the Vulture, he was someone who worked on, in Damage Control and he was obviously selling these um, alien tech to, to various people. Obviously, we saw, I, I don't know if um, Master Bias's uncle was someone who was being sold the stuff as well. I think he maybe was the Prowler. Um, we see him played by um, 
um oh again Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Yeah, Donald Glover. Glover. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> um so yeah, it's very possible that so that certain tech has already been sold off to people. So we can assume that we'll, we'll definitely see more superpower beings, like say the Rhino, for example, who may have um, um, like metal tech on him, etc. Um, so it's, it's just a nice segue to go from um, Captain Marvel, oh sorry, Miss Marvel, into mutants or any other superpower being that that may come along. Okay, cool. T thoughts rating. Wait, why? What's your rating? A uh, three piece. All right, T. Um, I enjoyed it, like watching it. I was, I was never really bored. Um, I felt like the flashback scene was cool. Uh, sorry, the flashback code was cool, but not really, didn't really lead to anything. Just it was just one of those cool twists, like, oh, it was her all along. As I, like, okay, cool. Well, oh, seen stuff like that. Um, but I liked it. I liked that she used the word embiggen, which is her power in the comics. That she, another phrase that she coined, um, before she started using her powers, like how she uses them in the comics, like giant hands stretching and all that stuff. That was pretty cool to see. Um, the whole mutation X-Men thing and that little theme tune that comes up, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the actress actually made the point that while they was making this, it was, it was kind of an honor to them because originally, and I didn't even know this, but originally Ms. Marvel was um, intended to be a mutant. She was going to be a mutant, and I'm guessing, I haven't really looked into this, so I'm, I'm just speculating here, but there was a period of time, obviously, when Fox owned the X-Men, uh, Marvel were kind of fucking around with the X-Men in their comic, because obviously they didn't want them being popular and people watching these movies rather than their own movies, so they kind of bigged up the Avengers and all the stuff they was doing and mm-hmm. kind of toned down uh, X-Men stuff. There wasn't even a run of... Was it X-Men or Fantastic Four? One of them, th- there wasn't even a they, run. They stopped it There wasn't even a years, comic run going on at the time. Yeah. I think it was Fantastic Four. Yeah. I think both of them actually at I one think, point. I think it was both. Wolverine, Wolverine got killed off. Do you know what I mean? Like, they was, they started fucking with the comic. To, yeah. To, to I, I, re- I remember that considering I'm not a comic book guy. Yeah. So, I feel, <laughs> I think maybe Ms. Marvel was created around that time and mm. maybe she was intended to be a mutant, but instead they and, created and, the Inhumans also, as the new kind of mutants they're basically the same mm. yeah miss yeah miss marvel is um yeah in the comic she is an inhuman but i do like the fact that in this one they've made her a mutant yeah and yeah. also oh, just yeah add and i'm kind of giving kevin feige a little bit of a, a built-in excuse here yeah like we don't know how the timeline and how these things would have happened if covid didn't happen because with covid a lot of the movies got switched around and because wasn't there room like wasn't america chavez potentially meant to be in spider-man but then because spider-man came out later than dr strange they like do you know what i mean like, yeah they, they, the, she, the COVID- she was originally rather than ned Leeds getting magic powers mm-hmm. she was originally going to be the one opening portals to let the peter parkers through and yeah do all that stuff that was going to be her because yeah. dr strange was meant to come out first you're right yeah, so the time, the, the timeline, the COVID has affected the timeline. In a sense, so we will never really get that full story now. And again, same with like obviously the past of Shadow Boson, we'll never really get that full. Like one day, I would like them to release the original script that they had for um, Black Panther two, just to kind of see what that's gonna be like. Uh, any last things on Miss Marvel before I move on? Nope, I'm good. No, yeah, I'm cool. I'd, I'd give it a half chicken, by the way. Okay. In, in the end, I feel like it was okay, but it was nothing special, but it was good enough to introduce the character. And I'm looking forward to seeing her in the film and everything going forward. Have you not seen, actually, um, that little clip 
I think it's in like Disneyland or something, one of their rides. And it's got um, Sam, it's got Falcon, Captain America, it's got Ms. Marvel, um, it's got Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think I've and, seen it. And I think, I think Captain Marvel might turn up, at, yeah, she turns up at one point. So it's like a little, kind of a nice little tease of what the Avengers are up to, mm. do you know what I mean, in, in between mm. these movies while we're waiting to actually see them on the big screen get together and i think they're fighting yeah, ultron bots or something so it's pretty cool and it's the actual like actors from the movies so it's quite cool it's really good Calm. all right uh stevie have you now finally finished the finale for the boys um yeah i think i have okay. um cool Give yes me. i have yeah that's right he goes he goes yes i have seen it yeah. and it was fucking awesome and i honestly can't wait for for more to come so yeah the whole chicken yeah Fucking yeah, of course it was. Right, T, boys finale. Whole Chicken, easily. One of the best shows there's been. Um, definitely one of the best shows of modern times. Uh, was satisfying, subverted expectations, but done well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I never expected to see Butcher and Homelander do a team up laser eye against Soldier mm-hmm. Boys. You know I mean, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I was thoroughly um, entertained. Yeah, Whole Chicken for me. Nice. That's an understatement, man. <laughs> Entertained. <laughs> Entertained. You know what I mean, I, I was in awe, bro. Yeah. I, I feel like they they kind of did Black Noir dirty, mm-hmm. um, considering how big his role is in the comics. But mm-hmm. clearly, I mean, they've gone off the rails from the comics from a long time. So they're, they're doing their own thing. Homelander being a clone of Soldier Boy is a nice little twist on that story instead. Mm-hmm. And I like that there's now like three generations of kill men and the, the idea of them three potentially teaming up as like a family like was fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like um, that it shows how much better the show is than the comics, in my opinion, um, just from the Temp V alone. In the comics, they have Temp V from the start. Like that's that's just what they have, and mm. that's how they even up the fights against these superheroes. And a lot of times, they're kind of at the advantage in terms of power levels. Whereas in the show, they're the underdogs, and that's why I like people like Batman because to be underpowered and go up against a greater force, that's a good story. Do you know what I mean? So to have them not powered up how they are in the comics, get this Temp V. And to actually have like a philosophical debate about whether or not it's it's right morally to use it, they're fighting soups. Why would we become soups to like to, to become what we're fighting? And even at the end, um, Huey has the chance to take the temp V and teleport into the place because he's watching on CCTV. He could teleport into the place and save his girl. Like that's all. That's what he's wanted to do. He's felt like like less of a man. He's felt underpowered, and he could do it. But instead, he decides to, to turn up all the power, turn it up, turn it up, so she can absorb it and she can become powerful and save the day, which is, do you know what I mean, what she should be doing. It's not his place to do. It's her place, and he's accepted it. And he literally, literally lifts her up because she, can, she finally, like, levitates because she can fly in the comics. She, she's really powerful, do you know what I mean? She's really powerful. So it was cool to see the start of that as well. I'm looking forward to what's coming, man. Like a whole chicken. This, this is again, like I said, one of the best shows on TV. All right. I was just to add. I was gonna say that um, in the comics as well. I think bec- I think they still do the whole thing with sharing data from the air- airplane crash because 
in the comics they are still massively under like they're, they're basically the, the manpower is lower than the soups right if all the soups gather together they, they 100% lose so mm. I think they still have that buffer of if you do attack us we will show we will, we will share this data of the plane crash and stuff like that obviously it's going to ruin you guys but I think the truce is also because I think Homeland themselves says that okay as long as you have that we will attack you as long as it's not released we will attack you so I think that's something that we also see in the in the TV series which is what I like is that is that mutual agreement that we could both fuck each other up so let's leave let's have this truce and just leave it the way it is right now mm. yeah um, so it kind of, surely it feels like it's surely it's, it's all like no holes barred now no one gives a fuck do they I think after the end of um, the episode, definitely, because Homelander has literally shown that he could kill someone in broad daylight. I mean, again, he's very reminiscent of Trump, who said that, you know, he could kill someone on Fifth Avenue. and That was amazing. So I think he is literally the meme of of that. Yeah. uh, Sorry, apparently one of the creators said that was a direct reference to, like you said, what, what Trump said. Yeah. 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 And of all people to be celebrating, it had to be the stepfather of uh, mother's mother's yeah. milk's child he, he, and he's the fucking yeah. true villain that's, of the season he's the yeah. he's the true cunt of this season man what a <laughs> dick man oh my days like i cannot wait for mother's milk to take temp v and just to kill him like because i i know it it, it kills them but mother's milk don't need to take V to kill who? What the, the stepdad? Yeah, but I'm just saying in terms of like I want I want I to see like him with his little finger. Yeah, obviously, I mean? like, but like he... in terms of like a collateral damage, and also in terms of like we okay, only yeah. got to see two out of the four, you know, non superpowered members of the boys take the compound V. Uh, temp v. I kind of do want to see that what the others powers they get when they take it, especially Frenchie. If I'm being brutally honest, what if the boyfriend gets Temp V? Nah, I don't think he would. Do you not think that that could be an interesting storyline? What the girls, um, the mother's milk's daughters? That, that are you talking about? Stepdad or whatever who he is, who he, who, who was going, he, getting he, kind of riled again. I, I would say that he'd be very unlikely for him to get a hold of Temp V. Unless I know, but but they, they could make it as a sort of like somehow he ends up with like you know in coming into possession with it of it and. He would be an outer, but he he would be evil motherfucker, about, wouldn't he? He'd, oh man, he would. Yeah, the only way I could see it, something like this happened is if they, if um, Homelander himself went. Do you know what? I have my little soldiers or my little followers, whatever the case is. So here's a taste of my power. You get temp, you get temp V. That's the only way I see it happening. But I, no, think, I don't, I don't think he would want to risk someone. I don't think powerful than him. No, no, no. That's why I said. That's why I said temporary, or maybe just a a weaker, a weaker strain of temp V. Because my thinking is that Homelander doesn't want to be doesn't want anyone to be near his power. Do you know what I mean? Because he he thinks that he's a god and stuff like that. And obviously, with the fight he's had against Butcher, he knows that Butcher is someone who, if he has temp V, can match him in terms of strength and everything like that as well. So if he does have his followers in inverted commas, they have a small taste so that he keeps them on his side. But also, they end up doing things for him, if that makes sense. So, if if he goes, you know, I don't know, for example, all right, these group of people are attacking me. I've given you 10 V. I'm not going to say you have to go kill them, but if you do, then blah, blah, that kind of thing. 
Um, I can see him definitely doing that. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, that's that's just that's just my theory as to how the stepdad could potentially get uh ten compounds. Mm. Um. In addition, this is not this is this is, it's still to do with the boys, but we've seen that we have um, Gen V coming up, and. In the comics, I think Gen V was the the first team, or maybe the second team that the boys like that destroyed. So seeing a spin off of um, of these uh, teams will be interesting. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a good pickup. Like I, I remember just recently seeing that trailer, or not trailer, but like the characters introducing themselves on Twitter. So that's a pretty good pull. Mm-hmm. Um, so episode season three uh, recently just dropped. Um, I remember when the Thomas told me to watch season one. Like I initially couldn't really get jiggy with it but as it went on i got to like it more and more um same with season three like i i already know that like i now like the show uh i'm liking the fact that we're getting a lot more of the the is it the wall the tiny people yeah yeah i'm, I'm enjoying that we're getting a lot more of their storyline um, their story is really interesting yeah exactly and um yeah, they need their own show they need a spin-off they do uh, i think yeah. it'll be too much though I think having as like a, a B story every now and then works, isn't it? Yeah, you might be right. Because yeah, like, yeah, look, yeah, look right. like, don't get it twisted. I love human resources, isn't it? But like, not a lot of people did. And, you know, with when it was just, um, not sex education, big when it was just big mouth with the kids and with the story, it worked. But when it went to human resources, for a lot of people, it was just too much, isn't it? I like, don't get it twisted. Depending on how they do it, it could still work, but it just might not work for everybody. Um, I enjoyed uh, episodes one to three. Uh, I'm gonna give it a solid three piece. Uh, let's go, T. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I give it a solid three piece. Um, I actually didn't know that there was a Christmas special at the end of season two, um, so I, I watched that as well. That was really good. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, so watching this one, yeah, Tiny World, amazing. I'm glad it started with that. <clears throat> Sorry, um, I love everything with the pooper. Um, it, it like these little adventures that is going off on on its own, and like usually for like really minor things like getting the like he basically became a human, got a fiance, planned this elaborate heist and everything just to get like these puff crisps or whatever they were yeah, like these yeah, little that, that was dark. Do you know the you know people it reminds me of? It reminds me of um, of Perry the Perry the Platypus from uh, Fierce and Ferb. Yes, how he's does. just a uh, a, a pet, but he, I don't know if he's the class as a pet. I don't know if um, yeah. the people's class as a pet, but he basically just goes off on his own adventures and it comes back and be like, nothing happened. Or like Super Monkey from Dexter. Like Dexter thought he was just some monkey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So um, episode one was good. I like that. Um, episode two, I like how Meta is being, like commenting on the fact that they're serialized now. Because mm-hmm. obviously um, the main guy, I can't remember his name, um he's decided that he's not working on a mission no more he's just gonna take it easy and chill and go up to different adventures every time and then in episode two he's still like going on with that and they're like oh like they they drop a joke about like oh we're not serialized or something like that so i thought that was funny um and then it ends because he's trying to get a hobby that's what episode two is about the train and everything which was jokes but he wants to find a hobby in it so at the end of episode two he joins the other guy in one of his hobbies, which is just waiting in line. And then it ends. And that's funny enough. But then 
that's why it's good that they released these three together mm-hmm. because waiting a week in between episode two and three, I don't think the drop would have the, the joke yeah. would have landed as well. Yeah. But to go straight into episode three and then they're still waiting in the line, and even the guy, the character says, "What? We're still here? Like, what the fuck is going <laughs> on?" Like, that was fucking funny. Yeah. And then it even ended, episode three ended, they're still in the line. And he's like, I swear to God, if we're still here in the next episode, <laughs> like, I, I was buffing up. Like, and I and, and it basically just ended halfway through his sentence as well. And I was like... Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see in the next episode if they pick up what they do with that joke, whether he is still there or whether they just act like... like Because we're expecting it now, if they didn't do it, that could be funny as well. Like I, I don't know. But yeah, free piece so far. This, this, the show is good. Like it's really grown on me. I like the characters. I like the world. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, Mine. Have you watched this one? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm in agreement with T, but I think I'll give it a half chicken because for me, I know it's made by the same people that did um, uh, Rick and Morty, but because I've seen Rick and Morty so many times, it does have the same appeal. But I still like the jokes. Um, you know, when I think it's his name Corvo when he's in the in the Q and M for that. That was funny. Um, for me, I wasn't. I, I get the feeling that was always serialized. I don't know about you, but I don't know. I just, I'm just getting the feeling that ever since they've been on Earth, obviously, I think it's serialized from the way they've done um, the wall. So, in that sense, I think it's, I think it's always been serialized. But they're, they're now making a point that guys, all these stories are making like they're all connected somehow to um, to previous episodes or whatever. So, that's my take on it. But yeah, I do, that's I do, a good I point. Enjoy it. That's a good point, actually. But I feel like beyond the wall, then that like them as as a as a family of uh, and their adventures and stuff. It's mm. not there's not necessarily been any f- f- running through line beyond he's trying to fix the spaceship so they can leave. And at the beginning yeah. and end of every season, they they attempt to leave and it fails or something like that. That's but but you're right. The the wall, the story going on the wall is definitely serialized, and that like runs through the same episode so it is and it isn't serialized i feel like they're saying that their stories now are going to become more serialized if that makes sense yeah okay i mean i i thought i'd enjoy it so um, mm. that's, that's all i have to say on it calm all right uh resident evil we finally get netflix's live live action adaptation of resident evil um for me this started off quite slow but as it got through, um, I quite enjoyed it for what it is. Now, take this with a little bit of a pinch of salt. I am not a Resident Evil gamer. Um, I am only a fan of Resident Evil through the films and the animated, um, the animated movies. So how, um, how do I put this? How real, how real this is to the games i don't really have an idea i can only base it off like i said the movies and the uh, and the animes or well, not the animes but the animated stuff um my negatives to this is the main character when she's an adult uh she's not very likable i would have liked her to be you know someone that we we, we we root for like we you know like i'm not gonna lie like majority of this movie when she's adult, i'm just like i hope you get bit by a zombie and die and then we move on to another main character like <laughs> you know that would have been uh, uh, very cool um and i i understand that we have to do it for the plot but i hate when people that are meant to be super intelligent and i'm doing air quotation marks for those that you obviously can't see me doing that uh, just do the most dumbest things um 
like there's an obvious I don't know if it's a bait and switch uh, but there's an obvious you know setting someone up to be um, tailed in a sense and the main character falls for it so blatantly like it just was it, it was just dumb um, T I know you dropped off this but I, I again you know you should go and finish it um, because it does get better uh, is a very intriguing show, and we shouldn't just be just quitting on something after the first episode. We got we got to complete it to give our honest reviews. Um, the whole show is predictable. By the time you get to like the final episode, you kind of like the predictability of it. Um, the only thing that caught me a little bit slipping was what happened to um, a character called Simon, um, and and what happened to him actually made me kind of laugh, which is a bit. A bit, a little bit twisted, but um, it is what it is. Uh, I thought like the, I don't know, is it? I think it's the prosthetics. I think the prosthetics on the zombies are pretty cool and interesting. Um, I love the guy that they got to play Whisker. Where, where, is it Whisker? Whisker. Whisker. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I love him, but again, like. I'm not, I told you, I'm not the biggest fan of when you, you just race, race swap for the sake of race swapping. Like, I think it could have, you know, they could have just carried on with a, a, a white Wesker. From speaking to uh, Seth and, Jess, and Jesse from Nerds and Who's Next Gaming, the reason why, like, Wesker's, like, always on trade as white is because, like, he's meant to be almost like the representation of, like, Nazism in a sense. Um, but, you know, it was cool. It was still, it was funny in moments. Um, the action scenes were pretty cool as well. Actually, the action scenes were done very well. I like some of the technology that was shown. Um, what do you call it? The Spartan suits weren't the best from the like henchmen people. Um, and then um, yeah. Uh, um, Mike, you you finished this right? I didn't finish it, but I finished episode four. So um. So far, I'm enjoying the, the series. I give it, I mean, like I said, from episode four, I probably give it um, maybe a, a half chicken. Okay, yeah. Like, I prefer the, I prefer the past, the young Jade, rather than the future, what's happening now, because mm-hmm. the future looks very disjointed. I can stand why it's disjointed. It's all very, um, oh, I, I can understand the way it is because obviously it's dystopian. Um, People are trying to find Jay because she obviously holds something, I believe it's in her blood or whatever, um, for, for the cure uh, or whatever the case is. But I do like the backstory, especially with her sister and, you know, just the things that her sister goes through, like changing into, um, or like showing symptoms of um, being infected with the T virus and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it's very, very interesting. Um, like Sam Wesker being the absentee, not really absentee father, but he's not, he doesn't really pay attention to his daughters mm. um, as you expect a, a parent would. Um, in episode, I think it's episode four, where we see, um, it's episode three or four, where we see them, uh, Jade and others escaping um, the channel. Um, well, where, where they've been captured, basically, and put in, and there's loads of zombies and stuff like that, right? And there's this one scene where it seems very. Um, um oh what's it called the oh what's what's the uh, john wick that's the one. Oh yeah it seems very john wick-esque but it just made me cringe the whole way through because the actions were very very like it looked cool but the actions were very very slow 
So and I did appreciate the slowness of it. So that, for example, just the gunplay and everything like that. Um, like just sequencing in that just felt very, very off to me. It's like they tried too hard to be to be like a John Wick esque type thing, um, especially for a character who they virtually didn't do anything until that particular scene. So I did appreciate that. But so far, it's a half chicken, and like I said, I'm 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 invested in the backstory, yeah. especially with Jaden's sister, rather than the future. Um, I don't know how I feel after I, after I finish watching the whole series, but that's my take on it so far. Calm, um, Stevie, have you been watching this one? Not yet. I will, but I haven't remotely touched it. Okay, uh, T, you only got two episodes, and then you bailed, bailed, bailed out. Why did you bail out? Um, to be honest, it was the, the zombies themselves. I, after movies like Train to Busan and just everything Korea is doing, like, um, what else did they do? Train to Busan, All of Us Are Dead, mm. Hashtag Alive. Like, those are real zombie things. And I, I'm a, I like horror. <coughs> so when I saw these zombies and they just looked ch- cheap and slow and like it was very contrived like the characters would fall over and there's a whole horde of zombies chasing them but then they fall over mm-hmm. and only one zombie guy jumps on them and grabs them yeah so it's sorry that's my daughter in the background yeah. well. so, so, so your daughter agrees with your with your yeah, country agrees. <laughs> agrees. but um yeah so that put me off it the effects really um and it was quite boring mm. um I couldn't really get into it. I, I haven't kept up with the stories. I, I think even the last couple of movies I haven't seen. So I wasn't really into the story like that and the characters. So yeah, well, I, this I is gave a, it two this episodes like a, and then is, I dropped this off. Is, this is an alternate timeline. It's like an alternate retelling of the game, in it? Like it's mm. in the Res universe in a sense, but it's not like the Resident Evil that we know from the movies or the game. But I, I, like I said, I would encourage you to finish it because it does get better. Like it is very slow and a bit dry at the beginning. But some of the concepts, I guess, that they uh, introduce into it are pretty interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, T, uh, do you want to quickly just do some of the things in, in that you wanted to cover? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to rattle off some stuff quickly because as you get out with my daughter, so I'm going to have to go in a sec. Right, um, don't forget to rate but, them. Yeah, no. Um, so... Better Call Saul, part two of the final season has started. Um, we're two episodes in. Uh, after the first episode, basically, again, talking about subverting expectations, this show does it masterfully. And essentially, what we, what I assumed the whole of part two of this season was going to be gets resolved in the first episode. And so now we have no idea what to expect from the rest of the season. And it was satisfying. And now, like like I said, everything that's going to come is going to be a surprise. Um, episode two kind of wrapped up another little storyline because obviously this being a prequel to Breaking Bad, there are characters that we don't see in Breaking Bad. So they're kind of like the mystery, like what happens to them. And like I said, a couple of them get dealt with in the first episode, which kind of adds a level of eeriness to a certain location in Breaking Bad. Um, and episode two kind of finishes off another character storyline and we kind of have a time jump, so we're almost around the time of Breaking Bad. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's a whole chicken for me. Um, a couple of comic books I've read: um, Free Jokers. I got that for uh, Father's Day actually. Uh, that gets a free piece from me. It's really good. 
Uh, Red Hood's in it, Batgirl's in it. it. It's They're both really good. Red Hood is the true villain of this comic. Mm-hmm. He's a fucking madman and he doesn't care. Um, they bring Joe Chill back into it. Um, it's, ve- it's very ambiguous. As a Joker story, ambiguity is a strength of Joker, uh, of Joker stories. Um, it's a very satisfying story. Why there are three Jokers, there are even actually more Jokers than that. Um, we don't know which Joker he's interacted with at each time. Mm-hmm. They all claim to be the one that did certain events. Um, and as Joker always says, he prefers his backstory to be multiple choice. And now we kind of understand why, because a different person was telling the story each time. Um, but they all have shared memories that like it's weird like, and they're just crazy. So we don't know if the original Joker is even still alive and around or if these are all new ones or the, the Joker that's left by the end because it kind of has a Rick and Morty kind of feel to it in that, you know, Rick and Morty gets crazy sometimes and then it gets to a position where you're like, well, there's no coming back from this. But then they just do something dumb and then like from the next episode onwards, it just never gets mentioned. Like everything just gets resolved. It's kind of like that. I get a feeling that going forward, this one Joker that survived this story is just going to be the Joker going forward, and we're just never going to mention all this this whole other story. Um, but it's very satisfying. The motivations for the Jokers and stuff is good. Uh, yeah, free piece for me. I've also finally got The Last Ronin, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic. That gets a free piece as well. I'm only on the second book so far, uh, but it's really good. Um, obviously everyone knows now is it's michelangelo he's the last one yeah um he's fighting against or he's seeking revenge against uh karai's son so the shredder's uh, grandson he's in charge of the foot at the moment um casey and april's daughter is there she's also called casey so i'm assuming maybe casey jones has died mm. we haven't seen him yet oh i haven't i haven't seen him yet um it does these little flashbacks to show you how I'm guessing it's going to go through and show you how each person died, which is heartbreaking to watch. I've seen Splinter come dead. They they get ambushed by the Foot Clan. They have a truce, mm-hmm. but the Foot Clan breaks the truce and they ambush them and Splinter dies. So then that's one flashback. Then in the next flashback, we see Raphael. Obviously, you just killed his dad, so he's coming for you. He goes on a suicide mission on his own takes on the whole foot clan on his own takes arrows and spears and shit to his back and his side like he's he's fucking taking this shit and all he wants is a one-on-one fight with Karai which he gets and it would have ended I'm, I'm getting a bit spoilery actually but it would have ended in both of them dying if ironically and it is kind of again heartbreaking to say but Karai had people there to help her do you know what I mean they, they both fall into water and kind of give each other a, a, a fatal blow. Mm. Karai has the foot clan there to help her because they, they always roll together. Mm. Whereas Wrath, who ran away to, to fight on his own because he's a hothead, didn't have his brothers there to help him. So he ends up dying. Mm. So it, it's, it's really cool, man. It's a deep story. I'm looking forward to finishing it. So far, it's a free piece, but has potential for, to be a whole chicken. Um, and the last thing I'm actually going to talk about um, is... I don't know if you guys have any of you have watched it. I've posted the link, but uh, someone made um, a cut of the Obi Wan Kenobi show as a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called the Patterson Cut. Um, I think it's a much superior version of the story to the show. Um, I feel like 
it, it tells the story better. Um, it takes out a lot of the pointless stuff. Uh, the side plots and, and all this filler stuff is gone. Um, it's, it, it, it's even within the shots. It's not like he's just taken scenes and taken out stuff. He's re-edited scenes so that they're faster paced and more exciting. And it, it's, it's just really well done. Um, I, I would recommend this is the best way to view this story. There's even a bit more of, of Qui-Gon. Um, obviously, he makes a little cameo appearance as a ghost at the end. But in this version, when Obi-Wan Kenobi is trapped in the rubble, he actually hears Qui-Gon's voice. And it's Qui-Gon Jinn telling him something about um, be mindful, keep your mind on the present. Because Obi-Wan's having flashes of the past and everything that's led to this moment. And it kind of reinforces the Jedi teaching rather than contradict it as it does in the show. Because in the show, he thinks about Leia, he thinks about Luke and everything, and his emotions give him strength, which is a Sith thing. But in this version, Qui-Gon Jinn reminds him, calm down, so stay focused on what's happening. Do you know what I mean? Be, he says something like, don't, don't, he says like, feel, don't think, or something. Do you know what I mean? He, say, he reinforces the Jedi way, and then that's when he composes himself, that's when he gets the strength back. So that's pretty cool. Um, and also, once the, the battle... Oh, he puts the, the music choice in this is amazing. He puts Jewel of the Fates here as the score for the final battle between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, which is cool. Mm. Um, but once the battle's done, it, may, it gives more context and makes sense why Obi-Wan Kenobi wouldn't just kill him, because that's what he was planning to do. And he knows this guy is basically Space Hitler, he should needs to die. But in this version, Qui-Gon Jinn again talks to him and say, like, reminds him he is the chosen one. He will bring balance to the force. Like basically telling him we don't understand, like, like the whole God works in mysterious ways kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't know how, but he is still the chosen one. Do you know what I mean? So, and then it makes Obi-Wan Kenobi second guess himself and that's why he leaves him alive. So it's pretty cool. And it also... Can't wait to see this. It's really good, man. I put the link in the group chat. Watch it. Because as well as this, I watched another cut. There's another cut of the, the prequel trilogy of the, the yeah, Star Wars. Yeah, that trilogy. too. Yeah. Someone good. edited those three films into one movie. Now, Topher Grace, um, the guy from that 70s show, and he, he played Venom in Spider-Man 3, he made a cut of the original trilogy into one movie. He made it 85 minutes long, which is just under an hour and a half. That's Mad. crazy. Mad. This version, but I can't find it anywhere online. That's the version I was looking for, but mm. I can't find it. But this version is just under You have to be his hours. mate. Sorry? You have to be his mate. I think you, I think you have to mate. be friends with him or something like that. You to, yeah, you have to be his mate and he'll, he'll send it to you. But um, yeah, the, the version I found is the next best thing. This is the, the other big one that, that everyone's watching. Uh, it's called The Chosen One. It's just under three hours long, and again, it's really good. It cuts out all the unnecessary stuff, stays focused on the story, really made me personally feel more for Anakin and, and his downfall because once you take out all the scenes of him being a whiny little bitch, he does seem more wise and more like um, stoic in this version. And he, he does nothing wrong, do you know what I mean? Like he fully gets played, and he's the victim of this whole thing. He, when he finds out that um, uh, Palpatine is Darth Sidious, he goes and reports it. 
what I mean? He goes and reports it to Mace Windu, and Mace Windu just straight up goes to kill him. And Anakin's like, well, no, he needs to face trial. Do you know what I mean? You can't just murder him. Like, we need proper justice. So he tries to do the right thing all the time. Sorry, my daughter's just following me around. <laughs> Get away. You won't leave me alone. Dude, that is, that is much um, more better background noise than you being at work. So carry on. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so this version really makes you feel for Anakin. Um, like I said, Mace Windu, he tells him, like, no, nah, he needs justice. He needs to face trial. He tries to do the right thing, but he's also been played by Palpatine. And his desperation to save his wife... He, he's very impulsive. So in that moment, he has no choice. He says, I need him. And he cuts off Mace Windu's arm. But you can see the regret. Like, in this version, like, it's edited so good. You, you me personally, I'll talk for myself. Cause, but I really felt that Anakin knew what he was doing now was wrong. He really tried to fight it. He even had conversations with Padme about, I know I shouldn't feel this way. I shouldn't want more. He's, he really tried. And it's like, if Qui-Gon was still about, he could have probably trained Anakin to be like the greatest Jedi there ever was. Like, mm. but because Qui-Gon wasn't about, he got failed by everyone, by the by the by the council, he got played by Palpatine, even Obi-Wan Kenobi like let him down. Like he wasn't there for him all the time. Um and yeah, man, I, I, this version's really good. So to me, this is the rather than watch the whole trilogy, watch this movie. And in fact, the new prequel trilogy in my head now is this version of the prequel trilogy, so yeah. the Chosen One, the Obi-Wan movie, and then Rogue One. That, okay. to me, that is a sick prequel trilogy to set up to the original trilogy. Uh, um, and this one gets a free piece from me as well, but I, I would highly recommend it. Calm. All right, so to finish up, we're going to uh, just get uh, Martin's, um, what do you call it? Uh, I don't, how, how do I how do I normally say this? Uh, get Martin's recommendations on the summer slate of animes of what ones I should add to my list, and also our viewers should add to the list. Uh, I only just realised that one of the ones that I was interested in has dropped, and I need to check if it's on Crunchyroll. Uh, the the only one that I seen that was interested is the one that was the uh, I think it's like my uh, ex my ex-girlfriend is my stepdaughter's mum or, so, or, or something like that. Oh, that that's that, that's the only one that sounded just to me. I want to check out that song Crunchyroll. If so, I'll be watching that one definitely. So, mine, uh, I don't know how long, however long you're going to be, let's hear the anime. And then I, will, I, will, I will be long. I'll give a quick synopsis. So, but I mean, the ones I'm recommending, um, I've seen a bit more, but the ones I'm recommending are Black Summoner, um, my Iskai life. I need to write this down. This is for me as well as the. As no, 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 no. I'm going go into detail, but I'm just giving a quick, a quick flash summary of what, a quick flash summary of the headings, and then I'll oh, go okay. to each. Right, each cool. So I'll start again. Black Summoner, my Iskai life. I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. Uh, Buchigiri, engage kiss, a harem in a fantasy world labyrinth. Lucifer and the biscuit hammer, and when will Ayumu make his move. Right. So can I can I just can I just can I just add one that you didn't mention um, that I've been told is meant to be really good and but it's a it's a season two is a uh, classroom of the elite season two's out. Classroom of the elite. Oh, I think okay, cool. I thought I was watching that actually. Yeah, I've, right. I've heard that's meant to be really good. All right, cool. So one, two, three, four, five. So I have five of them to uh, go into detail about. Okay, so. Cool. The first one is oh actually I didn't mention this one. The first one is called Black Summoner. Oh, I've got that on my list already. Hey, 
Okay, so for our listeners out there, mm-hmm. Kelvin is a human boy brought into another world with no memories of his life before. He learns that he's bartered away his memories in exchange for powerful new abilities during his migration. He now possesses the skills of a summoner, with his first summon uh, being the very goddess who brought him over. Um, and it doesn't take long for him to figure out that he has a talent for battles. So this falls under the category of action, adventure, fantasy, romance, sorry, romance, and seinen. Um, I'm, I'm now on episode two of the series. Um, episode one was fun because literally he starts off without any recollection of his past. He just knows that he has a voice in his head who's also the goddess that he, uh, that he signed this contract with to become strong. And he's now going on a journey to basically make himself strong. Um, one of the very first, um, creatures he sort of brings to his side is or makes a pact with is a slime and this slime is very very strong um it goes through the same sort of game mechanics as you'll see in um rpgs like pokemon where you summon you summon a slime you do battle with other creatures and the slime gains abilities by consuming them so after a fight ends um he could, the, the slime could choose to outright kill it and gain um skills or it still gains the skills but then Kelvin makes a pact with that creature, and then that creature comes under becomes under his wing. So um, I'm really enjoying it. Um, episode two goes to more detail, but I'll only talk about episode one for each of these ones. Mm-hmm. Um, next is my Isekai life. I gained a second character class and became the strongest sage in the world. This follows can Yuji you, Sano. Sorry, can you repeat the title? Okay, my Isekai life. My Isekai. Sorry, I typed slow. My Isekai no, life. Sorry. Yeah, I gained a second character class. Oh my god, there's more. These modern day anime yeah. titles, man. So, my Skyline, so I gained a second title. <laughs> I defeated the Demon Lord, went to the bush, summoned Shenron, came back to the title. If, if, if it helps. To a slime. Yeah, got exactly. reincarnated again. <laughs> Don't forget the reincarnation. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah. So, My Skyline Life, I now gained now, a second it helps, it's, in, it's on the uh, docks. Oh, right there. My Isakai life. I gained a second. So go to the docs so you'll find it there. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the time to copy and paste it. All right. So, um, Yuji Sano is a former office worker who was summoned to another world and gained a class of a tamer. Now, as the tamer class, it's a profession that's seen as a difficult class for any adventurer. But mm. thanks to the slimes he meets along the way, they allow him to read several magic books at the same time, and he gains the second profession, Sage. He's on a journey to discover why he was summoned in addition to solving the various problems that he encounters on his journey. Yuji has overwhelming power, but he may not be conscious of the fact that this power may make him the unparalleled and strongest in the world. And this falls under action, adventure, and fantasy. Now, me watching the first episode, I immediately thought that this was a season two because episode one doesn't hold any punches or tries to guide you to this person's life before coming into this uh this next world it starts off with he is in this world already battling people and he has several slimes around him um luckily the way they've done these slimes is that um each slime has some sort of um facial expression or characteristic on it so you have slimes with monocles and a moustache you have slimes with scars you have slimes that look super cute. So you have slimes that got fangs. So you have all those um, flank, um, slimes. That's how they distinguish each, um, from each other. And with these slimes, he's able to coordinate magics between them. So he could do things like magic transfers. Um, they can be 
scouts for him as well, and they feed constant information to him in his head, which he can then use to uh, multicast. So he can tell a slime to do, uh, like, say, a fireball magic attack, one to do an ice magic attack. Um, he can cast things like barriers on himself, for example, as well as an immediate area. So in episode one, he actually protects the village from an attack, um, from his own attack, actually, by creating a magic dome and then using each of the slimes to then create... Actually, no. Sorry, I said that wrong. So he creates a magic dome around the village by using his slimes as the conduits. And then, whilst that's happening, he's also casting a powerful area of effect fire attack. Um, so it goes to show just how versatile he is with, the, with his magic. So he can cast huge wide spells with very, very um, acute and targeted um, attacks. Um, so I, I'm really enjoying this as well, and for whatever reason, it's the second one in this in this summer slate that has that has the main character having a slime as uh, as the main summon. Um, so I highly recommend those two that I've just mentioned. The next one is Engage Kiss. Now this follows the story of Shu, who lives in a city called Veyron City. It's a mega floating metropolis. He owns and operates a small business, but due to his reckless spending, Kisara, a girl who occasionally visits uh, Shu's office and home due to a constant concern for him. Um, and Ayano, Shu's ex-girlfriend and a senior colleague at a corporation he had previously worked for, also, it's also, also shows concern for him. So in between these, they battle, um, I believe it's demons they battle, or some sort of summoned creature. I don't know where they come from. But um, in episode one, they were fighting against these dog-like um, demons. Um, uh, Kisara use, actually transforms into some sort of battle chick um, so she's super strong um, all of those physical attacks she has a, a magic sword as well and um, she, again with, with her abilities she's able to cut right through them and Ayano is someone who is a more of a military person using uh, a gun to, um, to fight with Episode one was absolutely hilarious. Um, I think this guy's an absolute scumbag, but not only only because like he has two waifus and he's just ugh, he's just playing them. He's not he's not he's not playing playing them by um, like on purpose, but it just it just appears that way. So it's just funny to see the interaction between those two. For example, um, Kisara spends the night at his place. Nothing happens. Nothing sexual happens. Whatever the case is, but. Um, during this fight, she ends up the, um, Ayano and uh, Kisara end up fighting against each other and then Kisara turns on Shu, ends up fighting against Shu and then she says to Shu alright, if you want to stop attacking um, you, need to give me a, you need to give me a promise and he goes, okay, what promise do you want? and it's like, give me the keys to your place It's like, okay, so he gives her the keys to her place and then she goes onto social media and posts that I've got his keys and obviously, Ayano sees that it's like, this prick, yes, he's my ex-boyfriend, but this prick is moving way too fast and blah, blah. And obviously, you can tell she's not feelings for him. Yeah. But it's one of those things that's just super funny. And again, something I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. The next one up, which is the fourth one on my list, is A Harem in a Fantasy World Labyrinth. Yeah. High school student Michio Kaga wanders about the internet and lands on an odd website that features a number of questions and a points-based system, allowing one to create skills and abilities for a character. Once completed his character, Kaga is transferred to a game-like fantasy world and is reborn as a strongman who attracts idol-level girls. Thus, the legend of the harem in a fantasy world is made. 
Um, so this is an action, adventure, comedy, drama, etchy, fantasy, harem, romance um, category. Well, these are the categories that, that fall within this um, this anime. Um, this is a likable one as well. You can obviously see why it's etchy, why there's the romance there as well, but um, it's got some it's got some funny comedic comedic points in there. Um, this is one of the first ones I watched. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but what I will say is that. Um, the fight scenes are amazing. The action scenes are really, really good. Um, and again, it's one that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And lastly, there's one called Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. So we yeah, have... This one sounds amazing. <laughs> Do you know what? It's all right. It's all right. Um, college student Yugi Amamiya is Yugi-Oh! approached by a broken lizard. Yeah, but it's <laughs> with two U's. Mm-hmm. So it's Yugi. Or Yugi. Ooh. Yeah, Yugi. Mm. So... Co-student Yugi Amamiya is approached by a talking lizard claiming to be Sir Noi Crescent. He tells Yugi of an impending doom. The Earth will be destroyed by a biscuit hammer orbiting the Earth. Yugi is chosen... <laughs> yeah, dreams. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Yugi is chosen to be the lizard beast knight, despite his misgivings. He is quickly forced to defend himself against golems created by the mage. He Did is you so just misgivings? Misgivings, yes. His oh, misgivings. No, not misgivings. No, 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 no. <laughs> Digestive givens? <laughs> um, he is quickly forced to defend himself against golems created by the mage. He is saved by his neighbor, Princess Asahina Samidare, and swears loyalty to her. Um, so Princess Asi- Asahina is actually his neighbor, and um, I believe the sister or the caretaker is his teacher. Um, her attentions are to save the world from the biscuit hammer, only to destroy the world herself. So that's the caveat to that. Um, and this falls under the action, adventure, comedy, drama, fantasy, and psychological uh, genres. Um, after watching episode one, I think I think it's episode two out now. I think I've seen episode two, but again, I'll talk for episode one. Um, it was fun. I think it was pretty funny right off the bat because he wakes up to a lizard on his stomach and then the lizard starts talking and this lizard, this lizard is just spouted off, oh, I, I've chosen you to save the world, blah, blah, blah. And as soon as he comes to his senses, he literally grabs the lizard and chucks it out of his window. Um, the next to him, so as he goes to his balcony, and as, sorry, so as soon as he throws out the, the lizard and he turns to his left, he sees that obviously uh, Asahina is there. Um, so Asahina is someone who can see the lizard but didn't acknowledge that the lizard was there. Um, and it turns out that it's only Yugi that's able to see the lizard. So the sister can't see the sister of um, Asahina can't see this lizard. No one else can see this lizard except for um, Princess Asahina and Yugi. Um, magically, the lizard just appears on the shoulder the very next scene or the very next second, and you know tells them that I've chosen you to be the knight. I need to do this and this and this to save the world, and explains that there's. You know, there's an orbiting biscuit hammer that will destroy the world, and he needs to get stronger in order to uh, in order to protect the Earth or save the Earth. So, the story is pretty much right now him training to um, to build up his body, build up his endurance, in order to use the magic that is that he's being given, which is um, um, I think a psychokinetic uh, magic. So he could create things like platforms underneath his feet to jump to jump from one bit to another bit similar to what um miss marvel does with her with her um light ma- with her abilities mm. um and he's also able to use it as a weapon as well which she hasn't done so yet 
but um, those are the abilities afforded to him. So that's where I am right now. And it's, it's a decent one. The animation style is a bit different. It's not as crisp as the four I've already mentioned. Um, a slightly different animation style, but all the same, it's it's a good watch. And, is it uh, hammer made from biscuits, or is it a biscuit no, 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 it's, a it's, hammer it's, for it's, making biscuits? It's a hammer for breaking biscuits. So I think, I don't know how to even describe it. I don't know if it's a thing where um, maybe... Uh, I don't know, me. I'm 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 going to be ignorant here, but maybe there's a hammer for breaking fortune cookies or something like like that. So I've never seen a hammer biscuit in my life. So I'm only assuming that in some cultures there's a, there's an actual hammer to break biscuits or whatever it is from um, Japan and whatever the case is. That's what I'm. That's what I'm assuming. But I have no way of knowing this. I suppose like, oh, if, if you told someone, if you talk to someone about a biscuit barrel, they might not know what you're talking about either. So I suppose yeah, that, yeah maybe that's it. Could be like a cultural thing. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. I've just Googled a biscuit hammer and I can't see anything for it. <laughs> what does it look like then? Is it just a fucking huge hammer? It looks, like, it, looks, it looks like just a normal hammer. That's just around the It's like made of wood. Yeah, just putting around, just, just orbiting the earth, basically. And it looks like, yeah, it's, it's a huge one because it says, you can tell as soon as it lands on earth, it's going to you know, cause massive damage. But that's basically that's that's the only way to describe it, a big wooden hammer. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so um you, yeah, you, definitely. By check the way, out. you don't realise how much restraint I just had to employ to not <laughs> make relentless biscuit related jokes. Uh I I appreciate that. <laughs> I think I think the listeners will appreciate that too. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, that's it. That's it with my with my anime list. Um, in addition, I just want to say that I've been watching some other things. So over the, um, I think, week and a bit that we had off, um, I watched Self Made, which is inspired by Madam C.J. Walker about um, hair products um, back in the 60s. It's um, a good watch. It stars Octavia. Um, I can't remember Octavia's surname, but she's the black woman. That's, um, uh, okay. She had a recent is, movie with... Octavia um, Spencer. I think I said it. Octavia Spencer. Yeah, she had a recent movie with um, um, oh, uh, I can't remember the name. Still superheroes. Um, not biscuit. Uh, oh, not biscuit. Melissa McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. That's the one. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, I knew as soon as you said the name, I begin to say the name. It popped in my head. Yeah. So I watched that. Um, I watched the. Um, this this was on Netflix, by the way. Another one on Netflix was called Blood Brothers, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali. I just just it was a documentary to look at their relationship um, between the two during um, um, Muhammad Ali changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. Um, so a bit of, a bit of history about um, Muhammad Ali himself, and then explore a bit about Malcolm X as well. You know them being very close friends. Uh, Muhammad Ali bringing his daughters to Malcolm X's place, that kind of thing. And then how they slowly broke apart um, due to um, Elijah Muhammad and you know, the various things that were happening um, during that time. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a very good thing to uh, pick up again, just to see that, just to see what he was about. Um, I had no idea Muhammad Ali. I think it was Muhammad Ali that went to Ghana. Actually, mm. um, I know Malcolm X. I think Malcolm X also went to Ghana. So um, it was cool, just you know, hearing about it. Um, I know Malcolm X also was also in the UK at one point. Um, so yeah, all of it was was uh, pretty interesting. Just just to you know learn a bit more a uh, bit more history of the two of the two uh, figures. 
Um, there's another anime I watched called Licorice or Licorice Recoil. Um, I can't remember that off the top of my head at all. Um, I was more focused on the ones that we that I was uh, recommending. And yeah, that's that's been my list. Other than that, I've just been chilling. Um, I've gone back to playing Horizon Zero Dawn. So you got sorry, Horizon Forbidden West, which is nice. the second game to Horizon Zero Dawn. So yeah, that's gonna, what I've been doing. You gonna start stream, streaming again soon as well. Yeah, I can. I can actually start streaming. Yeah, yeah that'll be sick. So be sick. yeah, see me, see me soon. All right, guys. Well, thank you very much for joining us. T had to leave to put his daughter down, um, and we should hopefully. Whoa, 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 whoa! Not his daughter down. His daughter to bed. <laughs> Make it sound like it was just like it was time to go. <laughs> I'm time to exit off. <laughs> oh no! Said, yeah, that's what I meant by put it down, as in put it to bed, didn't it? Put, nah, you have to stay for a bed, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> nah, yeah. nah, I'm not killing her, obviously. Oh, wow, that's very dark. Okay, T had to go put his daughter to bed, um, so yeah, I left early, but yeah, we will hopefully record it on the weekend. Um, and I believe we have that oh, not the film that uh Chris Evans is in with uh, what's the other white guy's name? Uh, Damn it, he was in, um, is it Moonlight? I wouldn't know. Oh, what's his name? He's got, he's, oh, it's got to annoy me. That great film. <laughs> uh, so we'll be reviewing, we'll be reviewing that. And, um. Oh, Mahasha, Mahasha Ali, uh, Chafonzo Rhodes, Ashton Sanders. Who are you talking about? White guy. Well, I just said a white guy. You listed the black guy first. I listed all the black guys first. <laughs> <laughs> in Moonlight Ryan Gosling Ryan, Ryan Gosling what's the dancing one was he not in some dancing thing oh yeah La La, 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 La Land not Moonlight I don't know why I got Moonlight yeah he said but, Moonlight so I was like what yeah, Moonlight is just like an all black cast bro but yeah alright so that will be one of the things we'll review next week and uh, yes yeah, so right. without further ado Stevie say bye to the people bye people why say bye to the people Bye, everyone. Catch you next time. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye now.